Now for our second message, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Mar Bartimus Grayson. It's entitled, Good News. Good afternoon, everyone. As we know, this past week has been bad for many down there in Texas due to the uh, destructive forces of the hurricane and more than likely uh, the hurricane season is, is not over. So it's been bad news for those you know directly affected and bad news as we watch it and see it take place on, on, on television. You know there's been a great loss of property and uh, especially a great loss of life. I think about 30 people. I don't know, don't remember the exact number. And that recovery is going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of endurance and struggle. But in the meantime, they, like many of us must do in times of trial and, and adversity, we have to hold on to hope and to do that with patience and endurance. I've never been through a hurricane, but I've, here in Oklahoma, you know, uh, the weather, it, it, by comparison, it, is, is not not like that that great of a storm but it's not good news when you know that there's something that's going to come and it might be a troublesome event but we all happen upon bad news every once in a while sometimes we have bad news but what is the good news what is there anything, is there any good news uh, that we know of today that we might hear on, on television or on the radio or read in the papers or even among our friends that we talk about the good news that is coming? Maybe if you ask the one who had, who won, you know, $700 million what good news is, might be able, we might be able to know that. But we know there's also bad news and it says that we are to rise above it. My own words were to rise above it. So today we're going to look to see how we can, we can do that. In the book of Matthew chapter 3 and in verse uh, 1 through 12, it says that, I didn't put down the scriptures by the way, that's left for you to do if you want to put those down. Or in Matthew chapter 3 verse 1, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This uh, uh, word repent is metanoio, which means to change the mind or to change the attitude in order to change one's behavior. Verse 3, for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare you the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So prepare you the way of the Lord. Get your life in the right attitude and have a right relationship with God and to be ready to receive the coming of the Lord and the kingdom of heaven. That's what John was preaching. So... Verses 5 through 6, you know, we see where a lot of people went out to hear uh, John the Baptist. They weren't really going to see uh, 
to be converted. They just wanted to see what the message was all about and see if it was appropriate to their, to their way of, of thinking. But many people went out to see him from Jerusalem and from all Judea and the region around Jordan. And some were baptized, confessing their sins. Now, verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that had come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you from the wrath to come? You know, in times of danger or things that are coming upon us, you know, there's uh, usually a warning. And these were being warned from the wrath that was to come. So verse 8, bring forth therefore fruits meet for re repentance. To, to produce fruit of the spiritual kind. And you can find those over in Galatians chapter 5. And think not to say within yourselves... We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. But, uh, John had to rebuke them for their belief and trusting that just because they had uh, a physical descent, that wasn't uh, the way to salvation. Verse 10. That too. But... But now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which brings forth, which brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So we see right here in the scripture that if we aren't producing good fruit, then it is hewn down and could possibly be cast into the fire. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and with fire. So the Holy Spirit is what is going to empower us to remember what the hope is that is in each and every one of us and how to have endurance and how to have patience and how to uh, get along through uh, the things, the bad news of this world and to do it in a godly way. Verse 12 whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat, his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then in Matthew 4.17, I inserted this a little while ago, we read where Jesus said, and this was after Jesus' baptism, where he began also to preach and say the same as John the Baptist saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand that it is near it is near now these messages we know were spoken almost 2,000 years ago so how near is near this kingdom that is to come was promised in many places throughout the Bible and we know that it is one of good news and it is a place longed for by today's and troubled world and sometimes in our in our life when we have bad news it is that time that we hope will come soon to rescue us from the things that go wrong in this world in the book of Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 verse 1 the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them 
we're looking at some good news that is to come. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. You kind of have to picture how this, this wilderness, this desert, begins to change its nature, begins to grow things, begins to be a refreshing oasis and spreading from there. It shall blossom, verse 2, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. So strengthen you the hands, the weak hands, and confirm the feeble knees. You know, when you face bad news or some kind of danger, you know, uh, you begin to feel it in your bones and you begin to feel it in, in, in your body. Your knees grow weak. Your hands are weak. And we are to strengthen those by looking to the good news that is to come. Which, you know, when, when bad news does come, it, it is pretty hard to really focus on that, on what's ahead. Verse 4, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then, the sh then shall the lame man leap, as an heart and the tongue of the dumb, dumb sing for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass and reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So we see that there is good news beyond the bad news that we hear about today. The Apostle Paul said over in Romans 8, 18, he said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Though we may, you know, fall into suffering, we must rise our head above the flood, so to speak. And like I said, it's hard to do because we've all experienced conditions in which, you know, we don't know if we're going to be able to uh, poke our heads out of the flood. But that's the key, looking to hope that is through Jesus Christ and the world that is to come. So we see that the requirement here is bearing fruit, and it is repentance, and it is baptism, and it is the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And also then being prepared in that way and in the right attitude. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be, be troubled. That's what happens to us when, when we hear or see bad news. 
you believe in God, believe also in me. Trust in God, believe in Jesus Christ, and he, he, will, he will set our heart at ease. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, these mansions are, aren't really, you know, the big mansion that you might picture uh, off in the wilderness somewhere or off in some, some uh, estate, countryside. It's not speaking of that kind of mansion. But if it were not so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. So in the Father's house, there are many rooms. And uh, in the century one, those rooms uh, were built around a garden square. And it was made up of a household of, of family members. So this is what we're looking at here as far as this mansion and this father's house are concerned. And he said to us, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Though he's speaking to the disciples, you know, if we take the, uh, the pronoun you as a personal reference to us, these words are meant for us today. So this is a reminder of the good news that is ahead. And it goes beyond the present bad news that we see in, in this age of, of unrest and other matters that cause suffering. But how near is the kingdom of heaven? You know, we cannot give any dates because we don't know. And what we do know are the signs that proceed the coming of the kingdom of God, as we see in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 9. We read about false uh, messiahs or saviors. We read, read about uh, religious deception that is to come, we, uh, and about the wars and the rumors of wars and the famines and the pestilences and the earthquakes, the persecution and the martyrdom that is to come, the lawlessness and the iniquity, and these offenses which can take many, many forms and the lack of love that is uh, to come. In verse 14 of chapter uh, 24, there's a more telling clue as to how near when to, uh, to expect the kingdom. It says in verse 14, and this gospel, this good news of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, which means at that time, at that time shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Same thing is said over in Luke uh, chapter 21, which also says, And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know the desolation thereof is nigh. So the armies that are going to surround Jerusalem are going to be many. And it's going to draw attention. And it's going to be a sign that, you know, the end of the age is near. So Jerusalem will become the hot spot with armies that will be there to wage war. Now, it also, as I read earlier, this gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. We don't exactly know how and to what extent that gospel will be preached, and it's, that's yet to be known. But what we do know is that at that time, there will be two witnesses with a powerful testimony to give the world, to give the word 
from Almighty God. We know that it's not going to be to convert the world, but to be as a witness, a warning to confirm the prophecy and what is to come that concerns the coming kingdom with Jesus as the Lamb of God and coming again to set up the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, people must take heed and repent. Revelation chapter 11, it says, verse 3 to 14, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. That's a three and a half years. It's a number like that you see in the book of Daniel concerning uh, the 42 months. Verse 4, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And you can uh, read over in Zechariah chapter 4, uh, verses 2 through 6. And if any man in verse 5 will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power, these two witnesses, these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, that is, uh, their witness, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them. So we see that this beast that ascends is going to be uh, empowered by Satan. And their dead bodies shall, the two witnesses, and their, uh, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of, that great, of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies, shall see or shall gaze upon their dead bodies. And, you know, we know that uh, the only way that we can see, see this I don't know if we go personally to look at these dead bodies or people go to look personally at these dead bodies, but we know that, you know, through satellite and, and through, through a cable TV uh, in the different countries with the different languages, with the different tongues, they will be able to view right there on the big screen uh, these, these two bodies. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them. Glad that they're out of the way. Happy that they are out of the way. And they will make merry. And shall send gifts. One to another. Bottles of wine. Bottles of champagne. Whatever it might be. Because these two prophets. Tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days. They're still there. People watching them. Where they lie. Where they've been killed. And after three days. And a half. The spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. So in one, one way it was happy news for some to see the two witnesses put out of the way and for some it might mean bad news well here's the, the two servants the two witnesses of God and, and, and they're done away. 
But great fear fell upon them when they saw life being returned to these individuals after three days, three and a half days. And they heard, got to picture this, and they are, see if you can hear this in your mind, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, these two witnesses, come up here, and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour, there was a great earthquake, not just an earthquake, but a great earthquake, and the tenth party, uh, part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of, of men 7,000, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory uh, to the God of heaven. Back over into the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Verse uh, 29, it says that immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be uh, shaken. I have this part titled as the path of totality. You know, that's the, uh, the phrase that was used, you know, when the, uh, there was the uh, solar eclipse. Uh, my son Brian and I drive, drove up north of Lawrence to uh, see that, to go to the path of totality where uh, you know, absolute darkness fell. And it was very amazing uh, when you think about the whole super, uh, this super event that was taking place. Uh, we thought we would probably stay kind of on the edge of the path of totality, but we wanted to be right in the middle. I've never been very far from, uh, I've only been to Lawrence one time in my life, but uh, we've decided little, little, you know, in little steps that, well, we can stop here. No, let's go on a little further. Uh, we'll stop here. No, we'll go on a little further. So we finally made it to uh, right there in the middle. And, um, you know, there was clouds up there in the sky. And, uh, and uh, we didn't need those glasses because the, the the clouds kind of filtered out the brightness uh, of, the, of, the, of the sun. And we looked up, and there was the, the, the moon passing in front of the sun. And the things that they talked about, the, uh, the, uh, the solar flares that would uh, shoot out from around the ridges of the moon and, and the diamond flash, it was amazing. But the, I guess the amazing thing was when it went dark, they said that uh, we had heard that uh, animals do peculiar things during the solar eclipse. And one thing I remember was this one commentator saying that uh, armadillos were known to jump up in the air, straight up in the air without any reason. But I did notice, and we both noticed, and there were a lot of people there that applauded and cheered when uh, total darkness was, uh, was achieved. Uh, it, during the day, you could hear the locusts, but they stopped. And then the katydids began to sound. And so that was one thing that I noticed, and they thought it was time to uh, make noise during the night. But it was, when you think about the darkness, uh, when you, the sun shall be darkened, uh, sometimes we picture that, well, you know, maybe there's another planet that's going to move in front of the sun, or maybe it's the darkness of the clouds and the gloominess of that day that's going to block out the sunlight. But the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. Powers of heaven shall be shaken. 
thunderous lightning, things of like that here in the path of totality. Now, and then, and then shall appear the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they, when they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So, you know, it is our hope that we are among those that are gathered. We know in a few weeks is the Feast of Trumpets, and we know what it portends. It's, it's uh, good news to come. Verse 32, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you uh, shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Truly I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Verse 37, one of the most telling signs here too is, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew not until the flood come and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So we are to be prepared. We are to uh, be in the right attitude. We are to change our attitude if it's faltering. And make straight uh, paths, make straight the ways of the Lord. Because the time is near and it is uh, even nearer than when we first thought. Go down, drop down to verse 43. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man come, who then is a faithful servant and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Truly I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. We know that the Thessalonians, they, that church lived in expectation of the return of Christ. They knew there would first come a falling away, as the Apostle Paul told them. A falling away from, you know, the faith, from faith in God and Christ, that there would be an apostasy. They knew there would also come the son of perdition, the man of sin, the Antichrist, aiming to rule the world who will come and sit in what will probably be the rebuilt temple of God. And that he will sit there as God. And so they reminded to not be soon shaken in mind are troubled about this. First Thessalonians chapter 5.
let me finish reading uh, the previous book I was in. We left off on verse 47. Let's go to verse 48 first. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. You know, when, as things go on, sometimes you think, well, all this stuff is not going to happen. And he shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. He falls in line with the way of the world and he begins to smite his fellow servants in different ways. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now let's go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. It says uh, in verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We know that the gospel word means good news. And we know that the world is in need of good news. But we see that bad news often prevails. And we see the reasons for it. In Deuteronomy chapter 28... We see, you know, the blessing and cursing chapter. I'm not going to read all that, but I just want to read the uh, first few verses, uh, beginning verse 1, because it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all the blessings, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you, if ye shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. You know, it, it's, we don't have that safety uh, in the city like we should, or safety in the countryside. And uh, we don't have the prosperity and the producti productivity at work within these places. But verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle and the increase of your kind and the flocks of your sheep. So we see that there are blessings of health and strength in every way. Verse 5, blessed be your basket and your store. You know, nothing will, be, will run out. It, it'll be there. It won't ruin. Uh, verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. You know, the, uh, we all have internal, we all have external worries and concerns. These things won't trouble you. There will be peace of mind. And verse 7, the Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in uh, seven ways. Verse 8, the Lord shall command 
blessing upon you in your storehouses and in, in all that you set your hand to do. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And the Lord shall establish you as a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto you. If, if you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. The rest of it, verses 15, 68, through 68, you can see where the, the consequences of disobedience are revealed in the form of bad news if, you, if, if one disobeys. But someday, you will receive a crown of glory. You will be kings and priests on the earth. You will inherit eternal life and experience awesome things in that time to come. So, that coming kingdom of heaven draws near with each passing day. Revelation chapter 2 and in verse 27 verse through 28 we know from the book here the book of Revelation that we are told he that overcometh and keeps my works unto the end to him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. The morning star is, is like the brightest star in the sky that you, that you might see at the start of day, which is a, like a reference to Jesus, to Christ, his eternal presence, and, and the light of which you know, we shall all be uh, joined to. Revelation chapter 3, it says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have, that no man take your crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but, if, but himself, but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes uh, a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now in Titus, we see in chapter 2 how to rise above the bad news. In addition to all the other scriptures that I've read thus far, verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared, has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world 
looking for, in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that is what will keep, you know, our heads above the water, above the flood, above the bad news, is looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself, in verse 14, for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So we need to be found in the right frame of mind with a hopeful and a righteous attitude that we must not grieve the Holy Spirit by doing contrary to Christ's word and his example, but to be zealous of good works and to repent. You know, sometimes we, we do sin. We do need to repent. And we, need, we do need to change. For the kingdom of heaven is at Christ. That's what Christ said. And that's the good news, the coming kingdom of God. So no matter what troubles us now, or what may come, the kingdom of heaven draws near, closer than when we first believed. Finally, in Mark chapter 1, verse uh, 14. Now, after that John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel. You know, gospel means good news. The good news of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. That is, that is our hope. So let the good news of that belief be like a light to others in whatever way we can. In spite of whatever bad news we may be facing. Praying for one another. Reinforcement. 